All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Ecology of the Fantastical Spiders. Come on now, don't struggle, friend. This is a new beginning, not an end. Rest, relax, don't wring your hands. Embrace the comfort of the strands. Still you struggle, still you fight. Let me kiss you a sweet good night. Laying to rest, finally at peace. Finally, it's time to feast. Introduction While many accounts of spiders exist worldwide, there are few and seemingly hardly any accurate ones of the more fantastical varieties. I'm here to investigate the better and better understand the life and behavior of all creatures, even spiders. The amount of variety of these creatures is astonishing, and I suspect I will still have yet to discover them all. I'm not here to cover what we already quickly know. Eight legs, multiple eyes, carry silk, and so on, but to shine a light on some of the less common and more dangerous varieties so that when you encounter something as horrific as a phase spider, you may have a chance to survive. Spiders the spiders found here are not to be taken lightly. Origins Spiders are a reasonably con common animal among the realms. However, in fantastic and magical existence we reside in, some of these arachnids grew to better suit their stations. While we all know how dangerous a dragon is, one can forget that there are spiders out there which cannot be squished under our heels. Based on these creatures' sheer variety and efficiency, it could be argued that they may be the true rulers of the shadows. Physical Characteristics how to identify a fantastical spider. Spiders, in general, imply three rules to qualify. Arthropod features such as an exoskeleton, multiple sets of pairs of eyes, no odd numbers, have silk-producing glands, and eight legs, although some mistake their mouths for a tenth set of legs. It's also pervasive for them to be venomous and carnivorous, although not always. Fantastical spiders are much larger than the maximum one-foot size of many spiders. They have extraordinary adaptations, usually for catching prey, and can, with little effort, kill a humanoid if not appropriately handled. Most avoid these creatures, and I wouldn't blame them. Size is the quickest way to identify a fantastical spider, as anything larger than a foot is hazardous. A Tangled Mess Webs are always a good indicator that spiders are nearby. However, the webs we concern ourselves with often are not easily removed with a swipe of your hand or even a broom. And even swords have difficult time slashing at webs of these massive arachnids. It's important to note that not all fantastical spiders make webs to capture prey. Sometimes it's simply a deterrent or about keeping something safe, like their eggs. Whatever you do, though, don't get caught in a web. It takes considerable strength or a very sharp tool to free a captured individual. If you find yourself in a, such a situation, it's important to remember that the fastest way to untangle yourself is fire. Webs burn away quickly when dry. Well, most do anyways, but we'll get to that. What's on the menu? With even the small, smallest spiders that we discuss, a full-grown orc is susceptible to being killed and at least... Primary, partially eaten. Halflings and gnomes and other more diminutive humanoids need to be especially careful, as spider venom is more effective on creatures of their size. While not all spiders are carnivorous, all the fantastical ones are. It's essential to understand which spider type is 
uh, is prepared for ambush and how it tries to capture and subdue prey. Tactics on survival vastly change between hunting and trapping spiders. Signs for traps or ambushes. The first and easiest sign that a spider lives in the area is the webs. While yes, webs can be found anywhere as spiders live all around, fantastical spider webs are much thicker and often large enough to capture a creature up to 10 feet tall. They are not they are also usually tucked not usually tucked in corners or out of the way spots, but in wa walkways and other less descript places. Secondly, is that usually there are many smaller webs and normal spiders around as well. Spiders aren't necessarily social with each other sometimes, as it helps to have something sizable enough to scare the any away any would-be predators. Keep an eye out for large crevices, especially those that seem particularly dark. While not harmed by light, it's difficult to easily hide in the light. Larger spiders wait in holes and cracks in their layers for prey to pass by. Alternatively, some spiders create their own trapdoors, so be aware of seemingly unnatural or unusual cracks in walls or floors. Lastly, take note of how quiet an area is, especially if you are in the wilderness. Dungeons, caves, and ruins are often silent already, but nature is full of sounds. Birds get caught in fantastical spiderwebs, therefore they avoid areas in which one lives. This doesn't work for underground, so keep your eyes open. Physical Weaknesses to Exploit if you find yourself in a situation where you are forced to defend yourself from a fantastical spider, keep in mind these helpful tips to get yourself out and safe. It's wise to always carry a weapon with you when in the wilds, but your weapon of choice will determine where you can hit the beast to keep it at bay. Bright lights or fire can sting a fantastical spider's eyes enough for them to hesitate or temporarily back off. Importantly, though, it is a temporary reprieve, as most of them will use their mandibles or set of legs to cover their eyes and still be able to attack. Fire is also helpful to burn away any webs that might hinder your movement. When in a fight with a spider, especially enormous ones, it can be a little overwhelming to deal with their hard shells and many legs. Tripping them or attacking them from underneath is highly ill-advised as they usually want to administer a, administer a debilitating bite. The joints in their legs are less armored, and with a swift cut, anyone can sever a limb quickly. The pain caused by losing a limb can buy you some time in their aggressive attacks. Deadly but useful venom. Almost all spiders have venom, and all of the fantastical ones do as well. However, everything from necrotic infection to full-blown paralysis to aid in the subdual of prey or enemies can affect their can be the effects of their potent venoms. Usually, only one the only cures outside of divine and arcane magics are getting an anti-venom that may be difficult to uh, difficult to obtain. This is why both raw venom and anti-venoms are very lucrative. I do suggest uh, against purposely trying to seek out a fantastical spider in order to sell its venom, though. Spiders, mental capabilities, and social behavior. Intelligent predators. Many of my fellow researchers believe that the primitive species, such as arachnids, only possess a modicum of intelligence. This couldn't be further from the truth. Spiders are clever, even their earliest forms. While they may not be able to carry a conversation, they are adept at both fighting and capturing intended victims. They're often quickly assessing every situation, and unlike some predators, investigating if the fight is worth their time. 
However, fantastical spiders possess even more intelligence, and some can indeed hold conversations and even talk. This doesn't change their outlook on life, it seems. It is never, I've never discussed philosophy with a spider, only just a simple conversation about directions. Communications. Spiders, whether they can talk or not, do not often correspond with other spiders. Even members of their own species only communicate in a lead lead up to reproduction. Despite this isolation, they can effectively communicate through subtle subtle web vibrations or gentle taps on surfaces nearby if they do not spin webs. Either way, the communications are often efficient, short, and almost entirely silent. Everything from danger nearby to asking to pass through another spider's web is quickly expressed and responded to in a matter of seconds. These spiders, intelligent enough to speak, only speak for one, one or two languages, and is usually only of the creatures around in the immediate area. One such spider only spoke orcas, sharing a mountain home with many orcs in a nearby tribe. Even knowing the language very well, a spider is often broken or hard to understand speaking, as some verbal sounds are simply anatomically impossible for a spider's mouth parts. Protective Mothers Biologically, many spiders are simply just hunting for food. However, when they are when young is involved, you may be forced into a more aggressive situation than usual. Males are often smaller and keep to themselves unless they feel you are an easy mark for food. Females are far more far bigger and will need more food to produce silk for their egg sacs. They are also more aggressive around their eggs, attempting to ensure the species survival. I advise those who recognize a fantastical spider's eggs to avoid going any closer unless absolutely necessary. Some adventurers have told of tales of surviving, but torching the eggs does draw the spider's attention away, which it will work, but don't ever expect to walk into that spider's domain and come out again. They have memories. Interactions and attitudes towards other creatures. Other spiders. Fantastical spiders rarely see each other as they are highly adapted to different environments or have different strategies. However, they are used to seeing more mundane spider cousins and seem to pay them no heed. It is uncommon for a fantastical spider's nest to have not uncommon, sorry, uh, for a fantastical spider's nest to have thousands of smaller spiders around. Roaming spiders, such as face spiders, will encounter other fantastical spiders on occasion, but often will make it a point to avoid confrontations unless they're pursuing prey. If they meet another spider intending to feast on their claim, the two spiders may face off in a dance of intimidation. The, the, usually, the winner usually comes through with no fangs thrown, but not always. Prey. Prey is a broad term for a fantastical spider, but there's a simple way to know how to, they assess a creature if it's able, able to be eaten. Size is the key factor. Fantastical spiders vary significantly in size, so while some may consider a cat the upper end of the food, others seemingly have no limits. While he hasn't been regardedly for his peer, highly regarded among his peers for this, there are tales of a green dragon caught and eaten by a fantastical spider. However, I feel this happens more often than the dragons care to admit. When something is too large to be eaten... They are watched carefully and only attacked if threat if they threaten the spider somehow. It's easy to be considered a danger by an egg-guarding mother, though. If the spider can be directly communicated with, they are often uninterested in speaking unless you find a way to inebriate them. A wine-filled goat works qu- quite nicely. 
and a chatty spider is much less intimidating. Thrycreen. Many spiders are fond of insects as a food source, and they are tastier, as I was informed. Thus, the elusive and challenging to catch thrycreen are somewhat of a delicacy to fantastical spiders. Most spiders don't seem to care if food can talk or have feelings as they have their own problems to deal with, like 10,000 eggs to protect. Thrycrane societies are usually adept at fighting off spiders as a result and don't much like to go underground. Wasps. While they are, not f while they are fond of many insects, they avoid wasps. We know that there are wasps specifically adapting to killing and eating mundane spiders. Therefore, in my theory, is this is a biological fear, much like how cats are with snakes. Even if a wasp, especially a giant one, is caught in a spider's nest, they are decapitated and tossed from the web. They may be the only creature that spiders innately fear. Giant wasps or other creatures are always a deterrent to even the largest fantastical spiders. Variations Giant spiders. Spiders come in many forms and sizes, but usually never exceed the single foot in height despite the species. However, nearly all spider species of spiders can, can through mutation, magic, or otherwise become a giant spider. Everything from trapdoor to orbed spinners, tarantulas, and assassin spiders have been seen as giant spiders. They mostly have the same have the same as their counterparts behave sorry they mostly behave the same as their counterparts but instead are three to ten feet tall these giant spiders need to hunt for larger prey and usually take the largest quarry they can find but they but won't put up too much of a fight unfortunately their size puts humanoids on the menu giant spiders aren't common but if they can somehow reproduce which isn't impossible they can become a huge problem even for a large city stinging mountain goliath a large a large exclusive mountain-dwelling variety of fantastical spider, the Stinging Mountain Goliath usually inhabits more remote, mountainous regions. Reaching sizes between 10 and 20 feet tall, they are adept at catching most animals that dwell in mountains. They are exceedingly both stealthy and intelligent. While they cannot speak, they are incredibly cunning. Their venom is injected through a stinger near the spinnerets at the end of their abdomen, much like a bee instead of their fangs. They are particularly fond of halfling flesh, it seems. Mammoth spider. Just as the giant spiders, mammoth spiders are usually enormous proportioned spiders. Again, they resemble many known or common spiders. Instead of reaching upwards of 10 feet, they are often between 20 and 50 feet tall. Mammoth spiders, thankfully, are extremely rare. There is no record of the breeding population anywhere in the plains, as all mammoth spiders seem to be anomalies or sol and solitary. I'd hate to be around if there ever was a breeding population, though. Dragon Eaters. A variation of mammoth spiders are dragon eaters. These gargantuan spiders have explicitly adapted to catching and eating dragons. While the end idea is embarrassing to dragons, and most, even the, mo uh, and most, even the honest metallic dragons deny their existence, but they do exist. They are often immune to the elements of their chosen dragon prey, with other weapons to counteract dragon defenses. Dragon eaters have also adapted mandibles to crush through dragon scales and to eject their ve deadly venom. Skull spiders. Skull spiders are unique among the fantastical spiders as they aren't much larger than more mundane varieties. They only grow about the size of the skull in which they inhabit. They use the skull of an animal, much in the way the hermit crab uses a shell. 
Some have mistaken skull spiders for a demi-lich or a ghostly apparition as their abdomens exude a bioluminescence resembling glowing eyes and the empty sockets of their home. Their legs sprawl out in all directions from the bottom of the skull as they skitter in the darkness. Their heads are often near the bottom and their fangs hang down just below the teeth of the skull they inhabit. While a skull creeping around only to be a spider is as frightening is as frightening as you thought already, the worst part is their unique way of procreating. While fertilization isn't too unique, the methods of care and laying eggs are vastly unique among spider kind. Once they are ready to dispense eggs, they find an animal to attack. With a distinctive stinger-like egg shoot, they stab into the animal and distribute the fertilized eggs. Usually only one egg will survive as the, as the hatchling will eat the other uh, others for protein. The now parasitic spider will eat the insides of the animal until they perish. After devouring much of the torso, the intestine, and the intestines, the spider makes its way to the brain, making the bone protection of the host's head their home. Usually after a few weeks of feasting and killing their host, they lift their home, running away and leaving a, a headless corpse behind. Hydroskull spiders. Much like other skull spiders, hydroskull spiders are almost identical. The difference is that they are in a special relationship with hydras. They're exclusively adapted to inject their young into the uh, into these creatures. Because of uh, hydra's natural ability to heal quickly, often they don't die from the ordeal of a skull spider infestation. Instead, the single head may stay and turn a sickly gray or black. The head is hollowed out, and the spider runs up with a sizable hydra skull for home. This only causes the hydra to regrow two more heads as a result. Wraith Spider Wraith spiders are an undead creation from almost any fantastical spider. While some may come incidentally from places of high necrotic magic, they are usually created guardians. Wraith spiders are hollow shells of what used to be the spider they came from. Their fangs no longer inject a venom, but instead a strength-sapping necrotic ooze. Their eyes are also no longer present, but billow a black, thick obsidian smoke. Rachna Kadaki In the distant land of Wyverns, a 15-foot-tall spider that resembles an assassin spider in form prowls the volcanic and desert areas. Referred to the locals as Temniserans along with ne the Nersillas, they are large solitary predators eating a variety of a, the abundant large fauna available. Rakana Kadaki have a fireproof silk that they wrap around themselves and their young to protect a bow against the heat and would-be attacks. The young stick around with a parent in a mutualism as the parent fling the children at prey to quickly ensnare them. When the male and females mate, the female dispenses the eggs in protected sacks on the male's back as well as herself, splitting the young to increase the chances of survival. Nersilla. The other Temnesaren is the Nersilla. They are also usually about 15 foot tall at adulthood, but exclusively solo hunters. Purple-tinted crystalline structures grow from their abdomens that can be dissolved into a hideous toxin. Much like the stinging mountain goliaths, they have a stinger between their spinnerets to put prey to sleep. They eat prey alive while they are rendered asleep by the potent toxin. 
The toxin crystals are formed naturally by enzymes they secrete. But when they are not needed, they solidify into crystalline structures that can be used to protect against larger predators. There are many in the land of wyverns. The cell also use the skin of their prey as a protective coat draped over their backs and legs. Phase spiders. Phase spiders, also known as ghost spiders, live in the ethereal plane and hunt in the material planes for food. Eight-foot-tall spiders that don't often use their webs, phase spiders are feared by many. They silently phase in behind an unsuspecting victim and grab them with their front forelegs. Once their target is captured, they phase into the realm of ghosts and finish their prey off with a deadly bite. Their silk is rare but extremely valuable as it can be woven into ghost armor that can deflect attacks from both the ethereal and material realms. Some say the quickest sign to a phase spider attack is a cold mist that rushes through you as it's positioning itself to grab you. Thankfully, they are not too common in the realms and are intelligent enough to avoid highly populated areas. Spitter Giant spiders that have developed an active way of hunting are the spitters. Usually only between 3 and 5 feet tall, they are among the smaller of the fantastical spiders. This, this doesn't make them any less dangerous, though, as they can spit a web net at prey to hold them in place to deliver their highly venomous bite. Most often, they are found in forested or cave areas away from light when possible. Netter. Netters are spiders that exclusively live underground. While whether in natural caves or constructed catacombs, they patiently wait for prey to fall into their webs. While their intricate strands seem like usual spider's webs, they are spun between their hind two set of two legs. These legs hang down along the sides of narrow passageways. Once a creature gets close to the webs, the spider drops behind the victim, netting with them before they even can touch the trap. They are dark in color and low to the ground with an incredible climbing ability like many spiders, but they are not very tall, and but still larger than most giant spiders. Giant Ogre Spider Ogre spiders are a natural, mundane spider known for their massive set of two eyes compared to their other eyes. They're, all, they're one of the few spiders that rely on eyesight for finding prey more than vibrations or other means. Giant Ogre Spiders are a little different from other giant spiders in the fact that being around the size of a large dog, they are more like a giraffe. Their long legs bring them to a towering 18 feet as they chase down prey. Sword Spider Sword Spiders are a type of tarantula that have adapted their front forelimbs, uh, forelimbs ends into a sharp serrated blade of chitin instead of usual climbing claws. They are especially adept at cutting through other spider webs and will often prey upon other giant spiders. Despite their primary food being source being large arachnids and insects, they are not against attacking a different animal and can be a vicious foe to adventurers. Giantu. Probably one of the more famous spiders, those aware of the dark spider queen, Lady Lolth, Giantu are the chosen blessed spiders of their goddess. Lolth has imbued them with a high station and importance within her following. Giantus resemble black widows that are deep in color, uh, deep in a purple color, uh, enchanted with spells and sometimes armored. These spiders are extremely dangerous, intelligent, and can speak. They can be anywhere between 3 feet tall to 20, and the largest and most decorated ones often, be call often called Daughters of Lolth. <laughs>
mimic spiders. Many wise travelers know the dreaded mimics acting to be tantalizing treasures. Mimic spiders do much of the same, huddled in a corner with their legs, creating a false door, tunnel, or another optical illusion. They quickly strike once their prey is close enough as they can feel the slight vibrations in their long hair structures covering their bodies. Swarming spiders. Swarming spiders are tiny, usually only three inches at the largest size, but depending on the species, group in different ways in larger colonies. These swarms of spiders work together to take down prey and foes alike several thousands of the uh, times the individual's size. Blood webs, the cleaning spiders, spider clouds are some of the names uh, they may be known by. In some cases, they will group up together to appear as a larger animal compromised, comprised of spiders for intimidation purposes. Bristle spiders. Bristle spiders stand about 10 feet tall off the ground and are covered in deadly venomous needles. Like a porcupine, they can inject these needles, harming attackers and weakening them, weakening them for a finishing blow. Some of the species of bristle spiders even have acid dripping from their fangs, able to melt through metals. In all cases, they are very dangerous. Spellgaunts. Spellgaunts are spiders that have moved away from carniv carnivorous ways of eating to eating pure arcane energy. They are attracted to magical items in particular. Usually dwelling in places producing large amounts of magical powers, they are not common on the material planes. They will aggressively fight for food, but are often after the items of humanoids rather than their flesh. Susurus. Known as the Wendigo spider, Susurus was an ancient demon of hunger. Certainly in some, in some way was a spider, Susurus was white-haired and at the ends of his legs are bloody stumps. He floats menacingly and slowly while he moves, devouring any creatures that can't escape him. His eyes glow a somehow sickening white and between the most prominent two is a red symbol of a spider. Legends say that he was some drow morphed by Loth to serve under her, but it's hard to separate the fact and fiction with Susurus now being locked away for eons. DM Notes Spiders are creepy to many folks, and D&D pulls no punches in making some of them even more terrifying. I, I felt this article would be fitting uh, a fitting one for Halloween, as... Many people are afraid of spiders. There are many spider monsters in D&D, and I still haven't touched on them all. Um, but I hope you as a DM can utilize uh, these monstrous arachnids. I'd like to thank you for listening um, or reading if you're doing that as well. Uh, this is my 71st ecology, and I highly suggest you check out my other ecologies. And I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening.